welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome. This is Ryan Cabrera with the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, and I am here with Pastor Nick Plummer in studio, and we're very excited today. Why? Because we are changing gears and we are going after a new Torah portion via Shev, which is Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 1 through chapter 40, verse 23. It's and he settled and we're going to get into the story of Joseph and everybody who knows us knows that we love Joseph, don't we, Pastor Nick? You know, it is quite exciting to study the great patriarchs and matriarchs of the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so now we're going to go into the Joseph mode. Now, Joseph is going to come on the scene and uh, we're going to, we're going to have a really good time here. So how old was Joseph when he was feeding the flock with his brethren? He was 17, 17 years old, you know, um, we would actually title this little chapter of the Torah portion, uh, The Favoritism of Joseph Brings Sibling Rivalry Among His Brethren. And uh, the name Joseph or Joseph, it means may Yahweh add or may Yahweh give increase. And so Joseph is a very powerful name, Joseph in Hebrew. And we know that the earthly father of Yeshua, Jesus, his name was Joseph, uh, which would mean, of course, may Yahweh add or may Yahweh give increase. Also, uh, Joseph of Arimathea gave his tomb that nobody had actually uh, used uh, for Yeshua's burial. So once again, another Yosef in the story. Yosef means may Yahweh add and give increase. So, so you're saying Joseph is a significant name? It's very significant. And we won't get into the whole uh, message of that uh, Joseph represents Yeshua. We want to just simply share the Torah portion at face value for what it's worth and literally discover the stories that are found in there. So uh, what did Joseph bring to his father about his brothers? says he brought their evil report. He brought an evil report to the father about the brothers. So he was a tattletale. He <laughs> was, uh, I would say he was a mama's boy and uh, he was a tattletale. And so uh, he, uh, he, he didn't give a good report about his brothers. So we can see right out of the gate at 17 years of age, uh, we know that most 17 year olds, uh, the teenagers anyway, you know, we, we call them know-it-all. You know, they have this know-it-all mentality. They know it all and everything when in fact they really don't. But we've all been through it. I remember when I was 17, I was a know-it-all. And, and, uh, and I realized looking back now, I, I really didn't know it all. But, you know, the thing, the thing that really gets me, though, is bringing evil poor back to his father. We go into this whole favoritism thing found, found in this particular story. Out of all of his children, who did Israel love the most? Or Jacob, who, who did he love the most? Joseph. He loved Joseph. Yeah, Joseph was the favorite son, the firstborn of son the of loved his wife. wife. Yeah, right. because Joseph's uh, mother had passed away, uh, Rachel, after giving birth to uh, Benjamin or Benjamin. So here we have, uh, here we have, uh, you know, Joseph is the uh, is the favorite. So what did Joseph's father make for Joseph? What did he make for him? Uh, it was a coat, a special coat, a coat of many colors, as it said. Yeah, many pieces. So uh, actually, a long. Uh, 
and sleeved tunic or a multicolored tunic. Uh, there's a picture uh, that's really cool that I really enjoy. Some of you maybe can reflect upon this or you've seen it or remember it, but it's it's Yeshua Jesus in this robe and it's got all the nation, uh, the, the nations on this robe, the flags of these nations all throughout. And it reminds me of Joseph's coat of many colors. Hmm. And uh, so now we're going to get into some really interesting things here uh, because we know Reuben lost the, the birthright and going down the line, we know that uh, it, it wasn't given to anybody else at that point. Uh, I believe Joseph was being groomed uh, to be the catalyst for receiving that birthright. And in Joseph's first dream, because how many of Joseph is a dreamer? Uh, they were all binding sheaves in the field, and he arose and stood upright. What did his brother's sheaves do? Wow, they bowed down or they made obeisance. Uh, to his sheep. Yeah, they made they made obeisance to his sheep. They stood round about, and uh, that that's very interesting. Uh, that this is his first dream. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, binding of sheaves, uh, you know, and uh, and it if, says right there, and his and his brethren said to him, "Shalt thou indeed reign over us? And shalt thou indeed have dominion over us?" And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. You know, and and in the Torah questionnaire, we kind of cut out some of the questions, but I know in Genesis 37, 9, it says, And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. You know, and he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. So once again, you go with the sheaves, the first dream, and in the second dream, it's it's the sun, the moon, and the stars. And we can see that actually uh, being played out. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to have a situation where... Uh, um, Joseph's brothers are feeding the flock and he's going to go look for them and uh, they're going to uh, be looking for him. It actually says here uh, uh, in this particular question, it asks, while Joseph's brothers were feeding the flock in Shechem, from where did his father send him to check on them? It's the Vale of Hebron. The Vale of Hebron. And so Shechem... Which is that the Valley of Hebron? Yeah, means means on the shoulders of Shechem. Mm -hmm. This is where Mount Gerizim is in Mount, Mount, Mount Evil. And uh, so here, here comes Joseph. He's going to come towards his brothers. And uh, they actually, uh, you know, they said, let's get him. Let's, let's take this guy out. Let's get him. So after Joseph's brothers conspired to slay Joseph, which brother came to his rescue? I believe it was, uh, I think it was like uh, corned beef and sauerkraut. No, Reuben, Reuben. Oh. Yes, Reuben. Reuben's rye, a great sandwich. But the tribe of, <laughs> of Reuben, amen. I mean, that's a great, great tribe. And of course, you know, Reuben was the firstborn. And so uh, he was going to rescue him. And, uh, you know, they. Which is interesting because Reuben, being the firstborn, you know, probably had that responsibility right. complex, right? I think so. Always, he's always, he's in, it's been ingrained in him to protect all of his brothers all his life. So oh, you know, and, and and so the next question is, what did Joseph's brothers do to him just before throwing him into a pit? Stripped him of his coat. They stripped him of his coat. So they took his coat uh, of many colors and and took it off of him. And uh, and it goes on to say, because we have, of course, Reuben uh, wanted to rescue uh, Joseph. We see that in Genesis 37, 21. But in Genesis 37, 27, uh, whose idea was it to sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites that were passing by? Uh, it was Judah. Judah's idea. Yes, it was Judah's idea. And now we're going to get into some very uh, interesting verses here uh, in regard to the... Uh, 
uh, actually Midianites and Ishmaelites. I'm going to read these verses here in, in verse 28 of chapter 37. Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. So wait, that says the Midianites sold Joseph. That's right. So, so once again, it says right here that the uh, Midianite merchantmen, they passed by and they lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now, from my understanding, it doesn't even look like uh, they did not sell their brother. They didn't receive the money. Uh, it looks like it's between the uh, the uh, Midianites and the Ishmaelites. And it's interesting that uh, some versions read Arabians uh, or the Arabs. And, and, of course, that name means to mingle. So perhaps in this caravan, this trade route, they were a mixture of uh, Midianites and Ishmaelites. Uh, we know from these two groups of people... Uh, with uh, dealing with the Ishmaelites, uh, their uh, mother would have been Hagar from the Ishmaelites, uh, Ishmael from Abraham and Hagar after Sarah's death, uh, and then or actually after Sarah's death, he married Keturah, which would be the uh, Midianites. He gave birth to uh, they gave birth to Midian. Uh, that's Genesis sixteen eleven and twelve, and then of course chapter twenty five verse two. Once again, uh, notice how the families all kind of related. So twenty pieces of silver. Uh, they sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And so where was Joseph going after being sold as a slave to the Ishmaelites? They were taking him to Egypt. Egypt, taking him to Egypt. So he's going to make his way to Egypt. So, so who returned to the pit and found Joseph gone? It's a sad story here because I think that uh, Reuben thought he was putting Joseph in a safe spot for him to come back and grab him later. That's right. And so Reuben comes back and, uh, and sees him, and, and he's obviously distraught. He, he tears his clothes. Um, at that point, it says, And Reuben returned into the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. That's right. So he was mourning. You know, he was very upset that he wasn't able to save uh, his, his brother Joseph. So what did Joseph's brothers do to Joseph's coat? Uh, well, they, they were going to deceive uh, Jacob. by They dipped it in blood uh, and killed the kid of the goats and dipped the, the coat in the blood of the goat in order to make it look like uh, right, Joseph had been right. attacked by like an animal or something. <laughs> So, so, so when they brought Joseph's coat with the blood on it to their father, he actually uh, rent his clothes, he put sackcloth upon his loins, and he mourned for his son many days. Once again, his favorite wife has passed away, Rachel. And with that, of course, Joseph now looks like he was devoured by a beast, and so now he's in mourning. And once again... Uh, deception rules in the family. It rules in the family. It even runs in the family. Yeah, so far uh, at least. And you look at Abraham, going back to deception and lying, uh, he said at one point that, hey, Sarah's my sister, which was false. I do believe that happened twice. Uh, with Isaac, he even said the same thing. Hey, you know, Rebecca, she's my sister. That's deception. That's lying. And as we go down to the uh, patriarch Jacob, you know, he said, hey, I'm Esau, you know, and uh, and he's not. So uh, also, you know, uh, Simeon and Levi, they were very deceptive in uh, allowing the uh, Shechemites to be uh, circumcised so that they could uh, take them out in an easy fashion, uh, actually they were deceptive towards Shechem 
and Hamor, his father. Uh, just going back to this whole thing on deception, you know, uh, it, it kind of goes into the cloak. You know, here's his coat, Joseph's coat. And what did uh, what did uh, Jacob do to try to prove that he was Esau? He put on coats of skins, you know, mm. goat skins. Right. So he was like, he was, he was, you know, it was a type of clothing deception. So once again, we have the, the deception of, of Jacob you know, saying that he's Esau. Yeah. And then, of course, now Joseph's coat is being right. used to deceive Jacob. Yeah. So See, if you so think about deceived. it, so you look at Esau being the firstborn, having a coat, and then you look at Joseph having a coat. The, the, this coat represents authority in this case, right? Or the firstborn authority. And so the father gives the coat and the father knows the coat. And so when he comes to him, uh, Jacob is obviously deceiving his father by wearing Esau's coat at this point. And then what is the first thing that they do when they get a hold of Joseph? Well, they strip him of his coat, right? Right. They strip him of the authority because he's obviously being groomed to take over Reuben's place as, right. as the firstborn. Right. This coat represents that authority. So the first thing they do when they get a hold of him is more important for them not to kill him, right? But to take away the authority they thought he was going to have over them eventually. You know, as we as we study the the Torah portions and the Torah itself, there are three things that can be contaminated: skin, clothing and homes. And you'll see this in, in regards to even leprosy or mold or whatever. Uh, there's three things that can be contaminated, mm. skin, clothing, and homes. And, and so, you know, we, we look, we look at, as this story develops, you're going to see more about robes and stuff. But uh, I know in Genesis 37, six, uh, who did the Midianites or the Ishmaelites sell Joseph to when they got into Egypt? Uh, Potiphar. He was an officer of Pharaoh's yep. and captain of the guard. So here we have the story playing out in Genesis 37 in regards uh, to Joseph. And now we're going we're gonna to switch gears um, and we're going to start looking at the, uh, the son Judah. So and, why uh, are we going... Like we, so it says, you know, the beginning of the Torah portion starts out, and, and uh, Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, and these are the generations of Jacob... Joseph being 17 years old. So it's interesting. We're talking about the generations of Jacob. Instead of going Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, and then going down the line from there, we go straight to Joseph. And then we skip everyone else. And now we're talking about the life of Judah. Yes. Thoughts it, it, on why? To me, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that you have two different groups of people today in the earth. You have a Jews and then you have the Gentiles hmm. or, or the non-Jews right. is what I like to say. Um, I and my, my wife and I, we're, we're non-Jews. We're, we're the Gentiles coming back and grafted in. But, but once again, you, you'll see, you'll see Joseph and Judah and there's a distinction, uh, between those two. There's, there's quite a distinction. Uh, you know, they had different mothers and, and different things and the birth order and all that. But, but to me, you know, it kind of signifies something really cool, uh, you know, in, in regard to all of these people coming out of the nations that are not Jewish, uh, that uh, I, I believe it's the, the promise that was made to Ephraim uh, that he would become a multitude of nations. Amen. So this is why, you know, you don't have to be Jewish if you're not Jewish. If you're not a natural branch, you don't have to be. But we've got to talk about the es escapades of Judah here in Genesis 38, because it's quite fascinating yeah, it uh, how we even know in the New Testament, it talks about God's no respecter of person. It talks about Yeshua taking the enmity away from the Jew and the Gentile. Well, let's look at what Judah did in his life, and we can see where we do have the fallen nature of man displayed um, in, in all of its light. Uh, so Judah leaves his brothers to an Adulamite named Hira. Uh, once again, Judah's hanging out with an Adulamite. 
Okay, there's different ites in the land, and Judah's hanging out with the uh, Adulamite named Hira. Now, Judah has relations with a Canaanite woman who bears him three sons. So here's here's hanging out with a Adulamite named Hira. And here's Judah. He's going to have a relationship with a Canaanite woman who bears him three sons. His sons were Ur, Onan, and Shelah, or Shelah. And so Ur means watcher. Onan means strong. And Shelah, or Shelah, means petition. So Ur means watcher. And yes. Onan means strong. Strong. And Shela or Sheila means petition. Petition. Now it's interesting how they're going to live out their names. We don't have time to get into all of that. So, so, so Judah took as a wife for his firstborn son Ur, a woman named Tamar. Okay, and her name means a palm tree. Okay, so Judah picks a wife for his firstborn son Ur, and he 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 marries. Uh, his, his son to Tamar, uh, which means a palm tree. Well, the Lord slew him because he was wicked. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how upsetting would that be? The father picks him out, and the Lord slew him because he was wicked. So, so here comes Onan, the second son, right? Onan, the second son, was killed by God because he knew that the seed should not be his, and so he spilled it on the ground. And so we won't get into all the intimate details of that about uh, the spilling of seed, but but it's a reference to he wasn't willing to take on the responsibility. Which, according uh, to the Torah, was yes, his responsibility. It was his right? responsibility yeah. to carry on uh, his his brother's name and, and prodigy and all of that. So very interesting. So Ur... So then says, he ended up playing into the hand of the Lord? Or, or? Well, there's just something going on here because, yeah. you know, God has a plan. Yeah. And it, it, it seems to me that if we don't stick with his plan, he can take us out. Um, you know, the Messiah would have to come through Judah. So this is a very, very important lesson. So Ur was was wicked. God took him on in, didn't fulfill his responsibilities. So so God took him. And so here we have, uh, you know, Shelah is, is the thirdborn son. But Judah's wife died. And, and after he was comforted, he went up to his sheep shears at Timnah with Hira the Adulamite. Okay. So he's going to go up to his sheep shears at Timnah with Hira the Adulamite. Now, once again, when Shelah... Judah's thirdborn son was grown, and Tamar realized he was not going to be her husband. She played the harlot, hoping Judah would lay with her. So she's going to put on this prostitute gear with the veil and everything, you know, and, and you're not going to be able to see her. And, and so look what, what happens. Judah lay with Tamar, not knowing her identity, and promised her a kid from the flock. Yeah, so he, she pulled it off. Yeah, she did. Well, and it was funny how... Um uh, the Olive Beta video that we watched last night, you know, goes back and forth. Why do we have to know all the, the details of this deal um, that she made with him? You know, and, and obviously there's a there's a oh, reason. Oh, uh, you know, this, it, this is what's so interesting. Once again, we talk about garments. So Tamar asked for a pledge and got Judah's signet ring, bracelets, and staff. Mm-hmm. Three things. Three is divine of the Lord. Now, who who has the scepter? Judah. And Judah has bracelets, the scepter. They also translate as robe. So, so we have a signet, bracelets, robe, and a staff, okay? And, and so after taking her veil off, she put on her garments of her widowhood because she was a widow. Um, now, this is what's very interesting. Uh, when Judah found out that Tamar was three months pregnant and accused of being a harlot, he wanted her to be burned, mm. right? <laughs> so, so Tamar approaches him and says, you know, who are these? Yeah. Who are these items? You know, whose who's, uh, signet ring, whose bracelets, and whose staff is this? And, 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 and Judah actually says in here, which, which I find very interesting, he says right here, in regard to her, 
Verse 26 of chapter 38, And Judah acknowledged them and said, She hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Shelah, my son, and he knew her again no more. See? So it came to pass in the time of her travail that, behold, twins were in her womb. You know, it's so interesting, Ryan, that here, here he was saying she should be burned. Yeah. But he was guilty. Right, of committing standard. the sin. It's a double standard. I think this is going on today. It's like it's like those people that are interviewing people about sexual harassment and they're guilty of sexual harassment. Exactly right. You know, and so as, as we are hard on others, we might want to reflect on our own personal lives. Yeah. And uh, and it, this would also even even reflect on what Yeshua said. You know, once you get the two by four out of your eye, Correct. he'll show you how to get the toothpick out of your brother's eye. He'll give exactly you that opportunity. Right. So what we're going to have here well, is... He had a choice, right? He could have just burned her. And, right. And there goes the mistake. Right, and it's there gone. goes the Messiah. Right, well, and there goes the Messiah. You exactly know? right. So, so it is interesting how that he pulled it through and was honest about it, which is what we need to be with the Lord is to be honest. Amen. Well, hopefully, this is a turning point. I'm telling you. So, so Tamar had twins, okay, and uh, there was a child that 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 stuck its hand out, a scarlet thread, and and pulled it back in. But Pharez means a breach, and Zara means sunrise. So, actually, the one that had the scarlet thread. <laughs> was Zara. Uh, it wasn't Pharaoh. So Pharaoh's was, uh, means a breach and Zara means sunrise. And the one that had the scarlet thread came out second. It's interesting. If you look at uh, this particular lineage in Matthew 1, 3, Pharaoh's begat Esram. Okay. Pharaoh's begat Esram. So through this relationship, the Messiah is going to come. And we have, of course, this whole story of Judah and Tamar played out. And, and I, I think it's very, very relevant, even for today, that God is going to use our mistakes. You know, I know I've said to, this to God before. And lead us. I've said this before, but it, I, that's one of the things that I love about the Torah is that it's real stories about real people. And that's one of the things that makes it believable. It gives it, it, gives it uh, validity to me. Oh, and you know, now we're going to switch gears because Joseph is in Egypt. So to, Joseph, of course, uh, did he have favor of the Lord and prosper in the house of Potiphar, his master? Absolutely. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And in Genesis 39, 4, it says, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. Yep. Notice this word grace is the Hebrew word chen. This is the same word is used for, to describe Noah, found grace. Yeah. In the eyes of the Lord. Well, this is the same word grace that Jacob wanted from Esau to have grace in his sight, which is kindness. It's and funny. so this grace word in can, the Old Testament. grace in the Old Testament, oh. it's, yeah. it's right there. Grace, you know, uh, the acronym is like godly riches at Christ's expense. Amen. So in grace is actually the ability not to sin, not a license to sin. Hmm. That's what God's grace is for us. It's kindness. And, uh, and so Joseph was a good person and well-favored, but who tried to get him to lay with her? Uh, this is going to be uh, Potiphar's wife. His master's his wife. His master's wife. That's right. You know, and so there was a situation where she just kept on and on and on trying to uh, entice him. Entice him. Yeah. It was in multiple times that the scriptures talk about this. And so uh, when nobody was in the house but Joseph and Potiphar's wife, bad scenario, she grabbed his garment saying, lie with me. Mm. Notice she grabbed his garment. Mm -hmm. We just talked about a garment of goat skins that Jacob used. Okay. What did Joseph do? He left his garment in her hand. He fled and he got out. He lost his garment twice. So check this out. This is a 
perfect example of what every man should do when faced with decisions about sexual immorality. What do you do? Flee. You flee. You, you run. Flee. And you know what? We are not tempted by God. No. You know, lead us not into tempta- temptation, but deliver us from evil is the prayer. So we know that if, if he brings us to it, he'll bring us through it. Amen. That there, there is a w- way out. There's no temptation that has totally overcome you. Uh, it's your choice. And so once again, here's the garment that causes the controversy. Now, did Potiphar's wife keep Joseph's garment with her until her husband came home? She sure did. Did she accuse Joseph of attempting to rape her? Yes. Yeah, yeah no. So evil. she had the garment, false accusations. You know, there's this term out there, fake news. So they say, hell hath no fury yeah. like a woman scorned. Yeah, <laughs> fake news. And so she was going to do something totally out of spite. Right. And and that's what's very interesting. Which we but, have that happening now, too. I mean, this is all happening in our present day where, I think where so. people are making accusations. And then we find out that even the accusations aren't true. So nobody knows what to believe. You know, but you, you know, can ruin someone's life with accusations like that, just know, like he spent years in prison. But, but if you think about it, so he was 17 years old and we'll, we'll get some more ages later. We, was, we want to stick to the text today and not jump the gun. Yeah, like some of you do at the Torah study on Monday nights. But anyway, just kidding. Well, they were just so excited. Yeah, they're so excited. We want to jump ahead and everything. But, you know, Joseph went into this thing with favor and kindness. And uh, so when Potiphar became angry and sent Joseph to prison, what two things did the Lord do for Joseph? He gave him favor and mercy. Showed him mercy and gave him favor right there in Genesis 39, 21. Why did we share this? Because he was wrongly accused. Right. And now God is going to use it uh, for his glory, for his purpose through, 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 through Joseph, you know? Well, you know, and, and we uh, can, we can second guess all of Joseph's decisions, right? I was just having a conversation with someone else and we were talking about how, you know, if Joseph should have kept his mouth shut to his brothers about his dreams and this and that, but in his immaturity, he was playing right into God's plan because without right. that, they wouldn't have hated him without the hatred. They wouldn't have thrown him in the pit. And, you know, we know the rest of the story and how it, it you know, was the catalyst for later events, but just like this, you know, he, he does the right thing and runs away, maintains his righteousness and ends up in prison, right? Where we know. Right. You know, and, and, you know, that was grace right there the because, you, you know, you know, Potiphar could have had him, you know, hung or killed. Beheaded. And I believe that Potiphar believed Joseph and not his wife. So going to jail was the favor of God on I Joseph. I think so. You know, Stop it. Wrongly accused. <laughs> but but look at what's happening now, Ryan. When, when we teach about the two houses, Ephraim and Judah, okay, the, the Jews and the non-Jews and coming together, we're accused of replacement theology. Yeah, that's crazy. See, that's false. So that's they're dumb. trying to put us in prison. Yeah. They're trying to do something, but they're only hurting themselves. Correct. Because you cannot stop the move of God. Right. And what does the promise mean in the Greek? It's epigelia. Mm-hmm. It means a divine assurance of good. And I want to assure you, Ryan, that God is going to restore and regather the whole house of Israel. Amen. But in the meantime, we got work to do. We got things to share with people. We've got a lot of things to do. Sure. Make this world a better place. Be productive. Be positive. So now all of a sudden, Joseph, you know, is going to be used. So, so Pharaoh was angry with two people who served him and threw them into prison with Joseph. Who were they, Ryan? They were the butler and the baker. Yes. So, or the cupbearer. The butler's also known right. as could be the cupbearer. This kind of reminds me of that game Clue. So is he the guy the butler that drinks the cup? To From my understanding, the butler would be a, a cupbearer. But so, I mean, does he drink the cup first? To he see has if it's yes. poisoned. Yeah, I hope I hope Pharaoh has <laughs> a lot of friends. And if he doesn't kill over dead. Yes, I hope he's got a lot of friends. Yeah. So so yeah, so they're they're put into prison in, in, with Joseph, and he, he sees them. And so so what happened to the butler and the baker while they were in prison? Uh, well, they both had dreams, um, or different dreams on the same night. They and both then, dreamed different dreams the same night. That's correct. Correct. And so then they both told their dreams to Joseph. The butler tells his dream first. Uh, the butler ends up being restored and the baker ends up executed. 
So, but both of them had brought their dreams and he interpreted both of their dreams properly. That That's true. That's true. So, so basically, uh, who shared their dream first to Joseph so that he could interpret it? Chief Butler. What was the outcome? After three days, he would be restored to his past position to give Pharaoh his cup. Correct. So let scripture interpret scripture. So we see Butler, it's not necessarily the guy answering the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's his past position to give Pharaoh his cup. I, I find that interesting that Nehemiah is, is my second born son and he was a cup bearer and he had favor with the Lord to help to restore and regather. And so uh, we appreciate what Nehemiah gives to the kingdom and in, in playing the drums for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, so, so what happened to the chief baker after Joseph interpreted the chief baker's dream? Uh, well, he was executed. He was hung. Yeah. Now listen, this is the guy that makes pastries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to hang that guy. I mean, you know, I mean, I've never had a pastry so bad. I want to hang the guy, <laughs> you know, maybe a do over or leave that, put back, put that back in the oven or something. But can you imagine that? That's a tough road. Now imagine this kind of administration or government with Pharaoh that he, he lets the cupbearer live, but he, but he hangs the baker. Wow. I tell you, that's a tough road it is, man. To, to be a, a cook in that Pharaoh's kingdom. Now, did Joseph ask the chief butler to mention him to Pharaoh in order to get him out of prison? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. It says right here in verse 23 of chapter 40. But he forgot Yet him. did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. He did not remember him. Amen. So we're going to kind of leave it at that. Uh, leave you kind of hanging there because, dun, dun, uh, dun. yeah, you know, so Joseph's in prison. He wants the butler to remember him. And it says, but he forgot him. Yeah. So he was really hoping to get out of prison. So we're going to continue on it, with this story it as was. well. And one of the great things about the Torah is the stories of the Torah and how God uses stories because he knows that human nature is to connect with the testimony, right? And so we get to take the stories of other people that have gone before us, uh, real true stories, and learn from them. And also see that God's perfect will is that these are prophetic for the future. And so that's awesome too. And so guys, uh, thanks for listening this week uh, about the tour portion via Chev. You can find uh, our tour portions online at topraise.net. Uh, you can also see the half tour portion and the Brit Hadashar, the New Testament portion that we're reading uh, on this same week. Uh, tune in to our live stream uh, this Saturday uh, starting at 11 o'clock. Uh, again, at topraise.net, just use the uh, live uh, link there. And you can also contact us through the contact us link on there, or you can email us at info at to praise.net info at to praise.net, or you can call us at the office uh, at 813-654-2222. Uh, uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, we pray a blessing over you. Hope that uh, you guys have a blessed week. Shalom. 